Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And we're rolling the clock back, bringing in one of my close friends that we had on the show. I think it would have been two seasons ago at this point. Uh, Mr. Ollie J. Matthews. Now, Ollie's been a dear friend of mine for some time now. He's just a really good dude in overall senses. I love hanging out with him, though we don't get to hang out enough. That's mostly my fault, I should also add. Um... But the guy is just a really good guy. Like, overall, love him to pieces. Just a great guy. And I really want to see him back on the show because he's had, like, some crazy, crazy developments. And season five is all about bringing in the crazy and all the good stuff as well. So, Ali, thank you for being here, my friend. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. That's awesome to hear. Just real quick shout-out to our sponsors before we get the show rolling. This episode is brought to you by RevitalizationBlueprint.com. That's with a Z, not an S. Um, dot com and you can actually go check out Ollie's website on there find out exactly how you can uh, start working out and basically get into really good shape as an entrepreneur um, and also we're sponsored by storyselling go there check it out uh, learn how to write some better emails and you know make some more money because that's always a good thing so Ollie let's just jump right into it what have you been up to as of late because you literally had like the craziest 2018 like you end up speaking at Baby Bathwater, you end up getting John Romanello like his attention, yeah, and you've just been like killing it like really well. Yeah, it's it's been going absolutely nuts. When I think I made plans in 2017 to kill 2018, and it's been slaughtered, and we're still going. It started out well. Started out, I was in Nashville, done a musician's health course with a then client of mine and now good friend Rick Barker who was the guy that launched Taylor Swift's career, her first manager. Wow. And then from there, a baby bathwater happened, which was real cool. And I started working with Hollis just for a couple of months, who runs baby bathwater. And he said, do you want to speak there? And it turned into me being the trainer for baby bathwater. So I was doing circuit training. I was there for people to get advice, like seven, eight figure entrepreneurs getting advice from me regarding their nutrition, regarding their training, and to deal with their hangovers, essentially. Because partying was stopping at about 3, 4 a.m., and the circuit training was at about 8 a.m. And it was real cool, real cool time to be able to do that. And then I went to New York, and we'd done the mastermind. I was uh, there with John Romanello. I had him on my podcast and worked with him for a couple of months with coaching. And such a nice guy and it was really great to be able to meet someone that you've looked up to for three four years and i know his book's been out for a little bit longer than that but looking up to for that long to actually be able to get in touch with him on a one-to-one basis and actually just be there resonating with each other we had we had the podcast together and it was like two or three days some of the people there were really cool as well and then he gave me the quote for the back of the book which was kind of cool as well. I released the book, One Day Body Upgrade, which went to number one in men's health in US, Australia, and number two in the UK, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, the Brits were a little bit behind. Yeah, it beat Joe Wicks, though, but we... Uh, <laughs> okay, so i got to ask, do you actually have like a thing with Joe Wicks? Because it's not just you. I've actually had several trainers and stuff like that, that I know that actually, like, damn that Joe Wicks dude he's great <laughs> and you won't get many trainers say that but a lot of the people I think it's jealousy mm-hmm. is some of the things he's doing putting out going to be high calories yes 
but is it stopping people from eating a load of real bad processed food and highly processed, high processed sugar and junk? It's getting them to take a mindfulness approach to their health. It's getting them to move more and to take action. Yes. And a lot of the time where fitness people have issues with him, I've seen there's a jealousy side of things where they're just not marketing right. The guy turned over, I think it was something like 64 million pounds, his company a couple of years ago. To turn over that as a fitness professional, he's a celebrity essentially now as well, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And he's not even big in the States. That is in the UK. Now, considering his training courses, because I've actually met him uh, randomly in London one night, and he's a really nice guy. He like, seems. I had, I had no idea that he was turning over those numbers. It's crazy, isn't it? And when when people take digs at him, he's got to be doing something right to be able to turn over those numbers. Now, is it the depth in the fitness industry that people could actually get? No, but this is something that I've learned the longer I've been in this industry is that the more simplicity I can add, the better it's going to work, especially when I'm looking at the guys that I work with, the, the people that are over 30, thriving in their business, but they've just burnt themselves out a bit or on the verge of burning out. The hustle is just 25 hours a day, eight days a week. They've got no time for their friends, their family, their relationships, but their business is growing. Now, some of the in-depth the five by five programs, the volume training, the people that want people to go to the gym and squat six days a week and do hours of cardio, that isn't going to work with these people. When when I look back at how I started working with Rick Barker back in the day, it was 10 minutes a day. You send me a WhatsApp while you're on the treadmill, replying to your emails, just send me a WhatsApp, say, hey, Oli, I'm on a treadmill. It was walking for 10 minutes and he ended up losing 40, nearly 50 pounds in six months. It was building habits and the simpler we can keep it, the less overwhelm that people are going to have on the back end. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one entirely because so very few people um, actually look at how little habitual, how little things can become habits that actually change your life. I mean, right now I'm working with uh, basically trade services with one of the uh, PTs that's down in London just to work with me and I'm just I, I, I lucked out because this guy also trains the uh, GB the Olympic GB athletics team oh nice yeah good dude like really nice guy and stuff but his uh, I really want to get him on the show at some point but his entire thing what he was telling me was I hate treadmills by the way I genuinely hate running and the reason is because I've had three knee operations uh, when I was younger so you can just imagine the impact on my foot to my knee is just gonna be killing me after a while but now when I get to the gym, I warm up 10, like a good couple of minutes, like five minutes at the most on the treadmill, just burn it off, get started, get warmed up and go straight into my first workout. And it's that habit that's just constantly building. Yeah. And that's all it is. It doesn't take long. I know. And I, well, even if I look back at how I used to train people three, four years ago, it was just overcomplicated. And if I was doing it, then other people that I was working with had to do it. Every single person is an individual, and what works for me won't work for someone else. In fact, I, I wrote some notes down. I haven't done the video yet, but I wrote some notes down of what I would tell Ollie 10 years ago when I was getting into the fitness in well, 11 years ago when I was getting into the fitness industry, and that is that uh, Mr. Smith down the road who's got a six, seven-figure business and is has 25 people that are working under him 
and has to get there at 9 a.m. and leave at 7 p.m., he isn't going to be able to go to the gym five days a week and work ridiculously hard to the point where he actually can't walk down the stairs five days a week to the point where he literally goes to take a crap and he can't sit on the toilet seat. And well, he can't that, get up from the toilet seat. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of the mentality is that it has to be beast mode all the time. Now, we're looking at fitness to help. Health isn't just getting on the bodybuilding stage or doing a powerlifting meet or even doing a jiu-jitsu, I can't even speak, jiu-jitsu competition and all these things. It's about everyday living. Now, we want to add to that, not take away. And a lot of times, I see a mentality, and as I said, I used to be that PT as well, that used to take pride in how much I would beast my clients. Now, some people will want that. Don't get me wrong. Some people will want that strict nutrition plan as well. But we were discussing on, on a call, uh, I was discussing with people today, just talking about how the best decisions and the best times that people have at Masterminds are usually after a little bit of alcohol. Yeah. But if someone is that restricted on their plans that they can't even have any alcohol, then they're not going to enjoy life completely. Some people don't drink. I don't like the taste of alcohol. But I can damn sure make a fool of myself without that. And I, I can have fun without that. But I love nachos. Like Nacho life is a thing. And uh, Handstand, straight with cheese and a little bit of hot sauce. You're talking nice language. Uh, chili on top as well. That is, it's the thing. It's a... That, that's something that I've searched out, and this year I've done the hashtag Nacho Life, and it's Nacho Life didn't choose, or I didn't choose a Nacho Life, the Nacho Life chose me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that sort of thing. and But that Ollie three, four years ago wouldn't have done that. It would have been every single thing is tracked, and there's there, there's a balance. And recently it actually came, but like, I, I said I'm going to just drop 30 pounds, and not just like that, but work on getting into ridiculously good shape again and i'm in better shape than the average individual at the moment yeah, but you always are great shape to the point where i could do a photo shoot just because it's, it gives me more focus in my business just doing that but then two weeks in my wife wasn't feeling too good i think it was she didn't get a, a job she, she went for and then i'm like well the old ollie would say it's a wednesday screw that I can't do anything about it because I need to have my chicken and rice. And then I'm like, nah, screw that. Pick her up some chocolates, some some flowers. Where do you want to eat tonight? And then she chose a burger place that has nachos anyway. So that, that was a win-win. But life is about balance. There's going to be like, you know how we say in business, the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, you're going to go for it. 20%, you can chill and relax and enjoy it. We need to, we need to grind, but life's about enjoyment. Exactly. That's what I really appreciate. And one of the big, one of the big things that I did around the back end of 2018 um, was I just started to like look at the days that I wanted to work mm -hmm. because I no longer write like at this point with this client that I'm working with right now. Um, they're my last client I'll ever have for uh, writing ads. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Not unless it's like a really high paying job. It's like hundred grand and whatever. Then I'm like, ah, think about it. That'd be stupid. Not yeah. At that point, it's like, there's money on the table. I can take it or leave it or whatever it is. It's like a year's worth of work for six weeks. Let's do that. Yeah. Eight weeks, right? Go for it. But, um, what I was looking at was like, I basically put it this way, right? Uh, as uh, up until January, 
Mondays are like reserved for one of my client for one client's entire business. On Mondays, they can call in whenever. Tuesdays and Thursdays are consulting days. Wednesdays, Fridays, uh, and then back in January once it's done, it's Mondays as well. And the weekends are all off. They're just days for me to do what I need to do and what I want to do. If yeah. I choose to work, it's because I chose to work. If I choose to take a phone call, it's because I chose to take a phone call. It's not because I need to or because I feel like it, it must happen. Um, it just makes my life a lot easier. I think we have to put that into perspective when, when we look at being an entrepreneur and what do we actually want to get out of it, like this end goal of, yes, you're building a business, you're building a legacy, but your life has to have this balance. And one of the guys that I work with, John Pagdunian. John, dude, I love that guy. Amazing guy. Um, in fact, I just uh, messaged him before, before the call. But... When he started working with me, he was working five days a week and he's got his family and some of the things he, he's been through the last couple of years, is it would crush people, but he's always a positive individual and ridiculously successful. Now, he went down and, and works three days a week now, but he's like, how can I get 14, 15 emails in the space where I used to write nine in two days and now I get five days work done in three days or less? And he's just like, well, this is what, getting your nutrition on point, getting your energy, getting your focus and getting your mindset on point does. But he had to put that goal into place. If not, we're just working blind. It's actually crazy that he, um, in our last call, he uh, got on the call and he's like, dude, 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 I need to speak to you, I need to speak to you. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's up? And he said that he'd done a presentation and he was in the national newspaper. And they said, first off, they, they said, oh, well, how much are you earning? Like, and he said, well, I'm not going to tell a monetary figure, but... I could buy two new cars a, a month if I wanted to. But then they, they described me as a, a guy that goes to the gym. He said, I've never been described like that before. A guy that looks like he's got the time to go to the gym. And I'm like, yeah. And, and that feeling as well, it's just a complete side note of, that's pretty cool. When people actually come back and they say that, it's that makes everything you do worthwhile. I mean, that's kind of like the big thing as well that a lot of people don't realize. And something that I'm personally realizing myself with my workouts right now is being described as the person that goes to the gym when you're not really. It's kind of like a big achievement for you because you never thought you'd get that body. You never thought you'd get there. And I've seen John. His physical transformation is incredible. Oh, yeah. Like, the guy's, like, insane. He's really ripped. Like, I knew John when he was as skinny as all hell. <laughs> He's in shape right now. It looks amazing. So... Something I did want to ask you about, uh, particularly because you've like brought it up as well, is to do with nutrition because like you know this as much as I do. Uh, I have probably the world's worst diet in terms of my nutrition for a guy that weighs as much as I do and looks the way I do. My nutrition is all over the place quite often. And I realized this today as well when I was having a bit of a, a down energy moment. I went for a walk and I realized I hadn't drank water or eaten any proper food for like 24 hours. Crazy. Yeah, like I, my body was like in depletion of dehydration, which like spiked my anxiety levels up like crazy, and all this that the other. Now my question for you here would be: if you're in one of those moments, because we all as entrepreneurs have gone through that moment where we have to hustle our asses off uh, for that very brief, like could be a week. It's just a brief one week window out of the fifty two weeks of the year where you basically work your ass off to the, like the absolute max. What nutritional snacks or foods should you focus on while you're doing that? 
it goes into are you actually knowing this is going to happen because if you know when it's going to happen you can prepare for it and you can get ready meals in you can get things that you can just use delivery uber eats and all this sort of stuff which do have healthy options on eventually when, when you do search for and find them but you can have protein bars it's not really going to be the end of the world having a couple of protein bars and if it's for a week having protein shakes protein bars getting some fruit in there it's for a week are you going to get as many nutrients as you could do if you ate real food no but you are still going to get some nutrients and even things the cereal bars and stuff like that have been fortified with vitamins and minerals they're going to be good options jerky getting some yogurts and things like that things you can chuck in the fridge that you don't have to weigh out that are in single portion sizes they're going to be fine for a week but hydration is key getting your nutrition or getting your hydration on point it's surprising how many people just forget to drink now that's going to lead to dehydration but your body can make you seem as if you're hungry if you're dehydrated which then you reach for the sugary snacks and what happens during this period is that your brain needs fuel to function and to function effectively now if you're reaching for the sugary snacks yes your brain does uh, function on glucose primarily but you reach for these snacks and then you have a blood sugar spike an insulin spike and then you have a dip and then you're going to reach for more snacks which it's just going to be over up and down where you have a spike of energy then you feel tired and want to go to sleep and then you're going to have another spike and then feel tired but you mentioned earlier what actually comes with that the dehydration the sugar spikes then people get anxious and then from there they don't believe that they're as good as they actually are which then <laughs> impacts their work and you oh think God, yeah, no it, it's crazy that uh, if only there was some sort of preparation but even in that moment of hustle that you know it's going to work it's going to be a week and you know that it's only going to last for seven days if you can get away for an hour just to go and get some food that is going to make you more productive if you're hustling for 24 hours and you get away for an hour maybe twice during that time so you're only actually hustling for 22 hours you're going to get more done in those 22 hours than you would have got done in maybe 48 if you didn't eat anything I mean, that's kind of like for me, like my, um, because the way I look at it is everyone has like an anxiety uh, response. Like some of my friends, when they get anxious and stuff, they eat everything in sight. Whereas with me, like if I'm anxious, my whole thing is to shut my entire body down. Yeah. Um, and again, it is going for the sugary snacks and the crisps and whatever it is, or chips from American friends that are listening. It's shit like that that basically fucks with me. Um, and what I found, and surprisingly you said it as well, is like, you start doubting how good you are. Um, and it's true. I mean, like, I got on the call with Rob, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and I just started reeling off, like, all this copy to him. And same with, like, another person. 11, it was 11 o'clock last night. I was tired as all hell. I'd been writing all day. And this person asked me, like, oh, how do I structure my email sequence? And I just started riff, riffing off, like, five or six emails for him to write inside the space of 10 minutes. And they looked at me as and be like, how fucking tired are you? I was like, I'm exhausted. They're like, yeah, your brain still functions because you're not under pressure. I was like, that's another thing that comes with it. So when you don't, and again, I know I'm going on random tangents here, it is the essence of what I'm trying to say is when you don't eat, you start getting anxious, which leads to doubting how good you are at what you do, which also ultimately creates pressure. And when you have pressure and that doubt, it's a recipe for disaster, especially when you're not drinking water as well. Yeah, there's only a certain amount of discipline that you can have. 
and before you know it, you're just like, yeah, let me reach for the Domino's and order a pizza in. Yeah. It happens and you go grab a big tub of Ben and Jerry's or something. And it's, it's putting things into perspective, I believe, that yes, you've got 24, if you've got 24 hours, let's just use that as an example, to fit a project in, taking away two hours of that or an hour or twice during the day, so two hours effectively over the day, logically you think that that's two hours that's like what 4.8 percent or something or whatever it is of, of the it's not 4.8 percent i don't do math we don't do math here yeah yeah exactly we, we we just tell people what to eat and get 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 words written down that make some money where they need to get a mathematician in now if they're taking away two hours out of that 24 then yeah, it, it's going to seem like that's, a, that's just over 10%. It's going to seem that that's a lot of time you're taking away. But if you effectively get 200% of work done that you could have done if you didn't take that two hours away that you've done in 24 hours, but actually got 200% done in 22 hours, it's going to be an amazing result because again if effectively you had 24 hours worth of work and you doubled your output by taking two hours off you're actually going to get 24 hours worth of work done in 12. Yeah. now seems a lot better when it comes to taking care of yourself and taking care of your body i uh, i had a client and he's a guy in london as well and he was talking about i think it was september was his busiest month yet and we started working together in June, I believe it was. And he said that the only thing that kept him together during this month, because he was so under pressure, he had some things going on at home where he had to move house. Then there was traveling. And then his wife was actually getting a new contract in a big business that she works at. So she didn't know whether they were going to have to be in the UK and his international visa was running out. And you think, oh my God, all this stress. He said the only thing that held it together was the fact that he was consistent with his workouts. Before he even went for the nutrition, he kept on point as much as possible. But getting that movement in allowed his brain to function better during the day and handle the stress better, which people underestimate that. They think that it's going to be stressful to do that. And yeah, you're not going to do one rep maxes every single session. But using fitness and using health as a tool that is in your toolbox to feel better and using your mind to see it that way that's when it becomes powerful. Oh, agreed entirely. Like today, I feel terrible that I missed my PT sesh. Yeah. I just feel, t- I, I remember messaging my PT this morning going, because uh, he's asked me to check out what my weigh-ins are every day. At the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, oh, what are you talking So I sent a message saying, I'm not going to be able to make it in today. There's too much going on. He goes, okay, cool. Tomorrow, can you make it in at all? I was like, um, you know what's happening tomorrow? And he was like, yeah, but you still need to come in. Because like tomorrow, tomorrow is like my busiest day that I had this week uh, that isn't work based. Like I'm taking most of tomorrow off from work, yeah. but it's um, so I have jujitsu in the morning. I've got to fight one of my closest friends for an hour. That's gonna be tough because he's tough as nails. Then after that, I've got um, I'm going to a swing dance class with someone. Oh cool! Uh, it's gonna be fun. I mean, I'm gonna look like a fucking fool the entire time. It's gonna be fun as hell to do. And we're like, yeah, cool. I'll do swim dance. Let's do it. So that's basically the two things I'm doing. And then that, and then he's like, yeah, come into the gym sometime between, and we'll do your upper body stuff. I'm like, I hate doing my upper body stuff. I really do. 
because uh, he pushes me to like the absolute max. Like I think, crude joke, but everyone on the show is used to it. It got so bad last Tuesday when I was doing my workouts that like my arms fatigued to the point where I couldn't straighten out my arm because it hurt so much uh, from doing just hammer curls constantly. <coughs> that I end up making a, like I end up making a joke to one of my friends going, "I really hate I I just renamed uh, J P T uh, Satan on my phone." And he was like, why'd you do that? Because I sent him this message. was like, dude, uh, crude as can be so, like, explicit advice for a moment. It's just funny as hell. It's like, dude, I can't lift my arms up. He's like, yeah, you're not meant to. I was like, did you do this? Because it just means I can't jerk off now. And he's like, you got to save that testosterone in some way. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> like, attacked my work the next day like crazy. And he was like, how are you feeling? I was like, really frustrated. Yeah, that's funny. I, I hate training arms, to be honest. It just, it just bores me. Like, we're bending my arm, we're extending my arm. We're bending the arm, we're extending the arm. Yeah, but, but you got like really, you got, like, really good arms, though. That's the thing. I've got, like, skinny-ass chicken wings. Yeah, well, it, it's from doing that boring stuff for so long, and, and we have to do the boring stuff, I suppose. And now, essentially, it's maintaining the muscle. Yeah. Uh, I, I've switched back to strength training myself and endurance at the same time, where... That was when I was feeling better all round, rather than doing just muscle building or just fat loss or anything like that. This is, again, this is practicing what you preach. Now, a lot of the times I'll train twice a day, but they're 30-minute sessions, and I live four minutes away from the gym. It's literally going in, getting my session done, so it gives me more productivity, do three, four hours of work, and then going in again. And that helps me get so much more done. And probably six, seven hours of work during the day, and I get what I used to have to stay up till 10, 11 o'clock at night to do. Now, I'm very strict when it comes to my, and I, because I've got the routine and I love routine, is that I get up at half five, I'll do my meditation, do my morning routine and everything, go for a run or go on the turbo trainer or go out on the bike when it's summertime. Because uh, to be honest, uh, I used to go out when it was raining or dark and I'm like, nah, I don't need any help to fall off my bike. I, I do that without the help. And then I go to the gym and do my weight session and then do my first block of work. But nice. if I don't have that weight training session and people are like, oh, yeah, but you've got like another half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour to get extra work done. It actually takes me about three, four hours to get going if I don't do that session. It's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, I agree with you entirely. Like when I that's the reason why I block off in my calendar like every day. I don't start work until 11 a.m. Yeah, uh, most days now it's changing to 1130 because like I don't get back from lifting weights until like 1130. But like Monday through Friday, it's like 6 a.m. I'll hit the jiu-jitsu gym. I'll be back home, take a quick shower and head straight back out to go like lift weights until like 1115 or until 11. Get done, come home and keep going. Because it's different muscle groups, I make sure that those muscles are worked, but they're not worked at the same level. Yeah, and I think when, when we use an in, intelligent approach to it, because we are using it to stay healthy, to improve our physique, but they're not it, the 100% goals of improving the physique. It's about, yes, more, I want to get more focus and more energy to put that into my day-to-day -day life. Whether it's building your business or building your relationships, you get more presence there. And looking at it that way, it's, it's something which is a no-brainer. But a lot of people see the gym as, yeah, I just want to get a six-pack, and I just want to get ripped, and I want to get stronger and stronger. But you're looking at mental strength more than anything. Yeah, and getting a six-pack is not easy. 
No. Like, it's a it's not fucker either when it comes to it. Well, when it comes to looking as shredded as, yes, when you get on the bodybuilding stage, is it worth it? Hell no. Then some people are lucky that they can maintain a six-pack year-round. And No, it's not lucky. It is hard work. Don't get me wrong. Some people have a high metabolic rate. And, yeah, I've got abs when it comes to being in the right light and when I'm not sitting down and slumped over because most people, when they're sitting down, they have a bit of a belly or they have skin folded over. But maintaining veins on your abs year-round, yes, it's good when you took take your top off. But there's all this talk about looking good naked. And what about looking great when you're on stage in a shirt, like we've said about John Pagnulian, and feeling great when you're up there, the confidence you've got, the focus, the energy, and you know that you look better than 90% of the people in the room, but you're not as shredded as you could be if you absolutely annihilated it. Because your business has grown, your body has grown, your mindset has grown, your bank account has grown, and your relationships have started thriving even more as well. That's going to be better than just having a six-pack. Oh, entirely. I mean, it's, what I meant by like, it becomes tough for people to actually like get a six-pack is those yeah. who dedicate that much time to it while actually you know, having everything else work for them. Like For me personally, um, don't get me wrong, one day I will hit that pinnacle of having a six-pack for about a week. I will say that much. Like, I only want it for a week so I can take a photo and be like, it actually happened. And then go back to just like, I'm back to normal where I feel good. Because it's not about looking good naked. It's about feeling good about how you look when you're naked. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's a, there's the, I don't want to name and shame the guy because, you know, he's a friend of mine. But there's a guy that I, uh, that I know from, like, back in the old days. The guy is really fucking strong like he's a power lifter like he's super strong tubs quite tubby yeah but you have a conversation with him he's like no i'm actually happy as all can be like because the only place he has any fat is his stomach it's the craziest thing like the rest of his body's like ripped to shit and his stomach's just like nah it's all the food they eat yeah i think there's a certain amount of food intake as well that keeps the stomach the volume in the stomach quite big and you see a lot of people that are shredded when it comes to bodybuilding shows. And yes, there's drugs involved with certain shows as well, but they don't hold their breathing in. Their stomach goes out a little bit, but they've got like a turtle shell, abs and stuff like that. But as well, the stress we have in our lives, the psychological stress, that then puts, oh, that impacts the body by making it hard to get rid of the fat around the stomach, around the lower back for guys. And that's just where it is. If we can manage the stress better with a better morning routine, then our body is going to function better and it is going to be easier to get rid of that fat. And yes, we can do it. Now, when we look at someone, look at Ron, for example, Ron Reich, who I, last year when I went to LA and we set the goals, we've done some pictures and then I went back 12 weeks later. It was amazing to see the transformation. Now, he had the best time in his business but he'd also had that focus to get ridiculously into amazing shape. And he'd done a PB in his half marathon as well. Now, he did look amazing. Now, he maintains a few pounds above that. But it was a specific goal to have for those 12 weeks. And people can get ridiculously amazingly shredded for that time. But why not get to the point where, yep, 
you feel good with your clothes on because let's be honest most of the time unless you're a porn star when you're getting paid you're going to be closed and it's the reality of the life we live that in the entrepreneurial world there's a lot of keynote speakers now imagine being up there feeling absolutely awesome whilst wearing a shirt nice fitted shirt you've got some good tailored trousers on as well and you just know that you've put in the work you can to look as good as you you are up there regardless of whether you're selling fitness or you're selling copy you're selling marketing people are going to take more note of you if you can actually see that you take care of yourself yeah they really do yeah it's just a case of like it's perception of reality exactly if you look good people are gonna be like they're vibrant it's the whole thing that um one, someone that i recently reconnected to on facebook is a guy called john jonathan lee or john lee and ron knows him quite well as well it's uh, his nickname is sin and i love that guy because like he is uh he was such a huge impact for me when i was younger and stuff but something he used to mention especially in the dating circles were as a guy, you want to make sure that you um, a positive mindset is the equivalent, like being a positive person is the equivalent of having big arms. But if you can have big arms as well, you want to have those too. Like you want to basically look okay. in good shape because it's more attractive and people actually trust those with good health. Um, and something I really wanted to just like talk to you about particularly, because I know a lot of my listeners are in the US as well. Um, and it's this idea, and a lot of lifters I do know do this, but a lot of them actually use just cannabis um, as a way to deal with anxiety with pain and so on and so forth. What is your take on something like that? I think, and I was actually just talking to a client and it's more of the CBD oil side of yeah. things and full on cannabis. But if it helps you with anxiety, if it helps you with pain management, helps you with sleep and recovery, then cool. Now, what, my experiences have been now i've been around a lot of people that smoke but i've never actually smoked i've not even smoked a cigarette and i don't say that as in oh look at me good it's just that no, it's always the thing. Yeah. The, the thing but i've been around mates that smoke a lot and even there like probably just getting high off contact is is you get the munchies now that's that's the negative side that there is some sort of I wouldn't say laziness, but you chill out and you relax so much afterwards that there's got to be a balance of where you get more done or here's the pain management side, here's the dealing with anxiety side. It's when you go further over that you end up getting less done and you end up eating more and you're not in the calorie deficit anymore. Yeah. Because it's the first thing when it comes to fitness is going to be, yeah, we, we, we want to first off, if you want to lose weight, you want to lose fat. We need to get in a calorie deficit, then we'll focus on the other things. And if that is the thing which is making you then eat more as a result, maybe we should look at that. But also where's the anxiety stuff is that, yes, it might help with anxiety, but what is the underlying cause of that anxiety? Is it something which is going on in your, in your life you need to talk about and get to the root cause? Is it something that has happened 10, 15, 20 years ago that has actually been ingrained in our subconscious? Then it's finding those triggers oh entirely i agree and something that i actually realized as well for myself is there are different types of cannabis there are there's sativa types and there's indica types yeah. and indica type is basically what we used to get quite a lot of in the uk mm -hmm. um, that's the one where you get super chill and relaxed and get the munchies whereas a sativa type is like all head 
it's like all in your head and you get like a little bit in the body but it's like majoritarily in the head so that's actually more to do with like calming down your anxieties i agree with you on um looking for those trigger points and like personally speaking for myself as well that's something i started to look at personally was when i um because i have been under the influence a couple of times and one of the things i've realized is i get a lot more therapy done when i'm in that in that mental state because i don't have as much barriers to go through um yeah. and you're completely right about the 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 deficit though like the calorie deficit people people need to get like wise to that because if they don't they're going to be working out and wondering why they're not losing weight it's the simplicity side of things again, isn't it? Where yes, you can go paleo, you can go keto, you can go and do intermittent fasting, but essentially it's energy in versus energy out. How do you make money? How how do you become a millionaire? Well, you don't spend a million dollars. You you make a million dollars and spend. You make a million dollars a year and maybe spend five hundred thousand for two years, and then you've got a million in the bank. It's the same way as saving money that you want to actually be spending more money than you're earning, calorie wise, to lose weight. Well, uh, essentially, yeah. you want you want to save the amount of money that you. The thing with money is you want to save more than you make, but with food, it's yeah. the other way around. You want to burn more yeah. than you keep. Yeah, you, you need to be basically aiming to be bankrupt. Actually, not bankrupt because then you'd be in a massive negative negative calorie balance, but just a little bit. So you're spending a little bit more. Now there are going to be other things that come into play, stress levels and things like that, which tells us how much your body can actually burn. So when it comes to basal metabolic rate and everything and all the calculators to figure this out we do need to have some sort of tracking but i mean i, I made a video a couple months ago saying that you may actually be overtraining before you go in the gym the amount of stress we have nowadays maybe the gym isn't the best way of doing it let's sort the mindset out because your body isn't efficient able to deal with the calories that you're taking in and if we can get the stress level sorted you're actually going to increase technically increase the amount of food your body can take on and use effectively rather than just being like, oh, screw that. I'm just going to store that as fat. Yeah. And that is going to help you with losing fat. Yeah. I mean, your mindset, again, something we've spoken about at depth right now is how the mindset is so deeply ingrained in how we lose, how we just gain and lose muscle um, and how we train. Because that's the truth. If you don't look at the mindset side of things, you're essentially leaving about, well, what was it? Arnie said this best. I think it was like 80% of everything is psychological and 20% is um, mechanical. So if the yep. psychological side of you is gummed up and you're not losing, because again, uh, stress is stress is mostly the, what is it called? It's the hormone cortisol, um, yep. which basically means that's an inhibitor for um, body loss, the body fat loss, because what it is, it puts your body in a state of... Um, not just stress, but it puts it in a state of retention. I don't know what the technical term is, but basically it stops your body from losing weight. And basically you're going to be catabolic. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You're not going to lose any weight in that sense. You're just going to pack it on, which is why now, people have stress eating. Oh, yeah, but we do want cortisol. It's not to say we want it completely zero because we need cortisol in the morning to wake up. It's just that in the evening we need to have serotonin and things to calm us down and to chill us out and the endorphins go just to chill us out now there needs to be that crossover during the day and then some people it's the opposite and they're wired at night time but the way our body is designed to work and effectively how it's designed to work is with the rise and fall of the sun the circadian rhythm so we should be waking up in the morning and then maybe it's there's an issue with cortisol levels 
there's an issue with different sex hormones, testosterone levels and other things like that, uh, which we need to look at getting in check. But also, in the world we live in, it seems like there's a lack of guys, specifically guys. I mean, I work with women, but... Yeah, and I'm using this because we're both guys and we see this from a first-hand perspective that it's harder, it seems, to ask for help because it's seen negative, especially in the entrepreneur world. And also, chances are people have tried when it comes to their health before. Now, I see guys that say, I need to speak to my wife about this before I sign up which is fair enough, and okay, that, that's going to be my market, and that needs to be sorted and stuff like that. Maybe I need to speak to you about copy and stuff, but it's essentially needing to ask permission for their wife. Yeah. A lot of the times, because they've tried something, haven't had the commitment to stick to it before, and they've had to go to their wife and say, this has failed. And that won't just be with health, that will be with business as well. But it's having that confidence to know that you can decide whether to change or not. And it's only you that can decide whether to change. Whether your wife says yes or no, then you have inquired for a reason. So it, uh, it's none of your wife's business whether you get healthy or not. Yes, she might appreciate it more. You're going to have more sex and things like that. But you still have to put in the work. Exactly. And it's it's more of a guy thing. And psychologically speaking, it's actually down. It, it's kind of weird. Like As we become more of a vulnerable um group of people right now um in the sense of how we how we don't chastise men for actually being vocal about their emotions anymore like that used to be a thing you go i'm feeling sad today oh you're a giant pussy go do this instead Um, yeah that's no longer the case in many circles in many circles it's like oh no tell me about what's going on let's have a little conversation about this see what's happening so that's good the downside is that like men are still as as you just said, we're still getting to like a metamorphosis of accepting that we can ask for help, followed up with being okay with making mistakes. Yeah, because we don't like making mistakes. Um, so on that same note, what would you suggest would be like a really good exercise for men who aren't comfortable asking for help? What would be like some things that they could do to actually get started? As in exercise. To, to get fit, to get healthy, that sort of thing, or exercise to then start asking for help. Like mentally. Let's go with both. So just, just speaking to your friends about things is going to be a big thing when it comes to asking. They don't even have to be in the business world or whatever it is you're into. Yeah. It's just, just speaking and learning to speak out about it. I think communication, especially when it comes to relationships, communication is overlooked a lot. And I've been open about issues I've had in my relationship. And that has been solved more with communication. That if I listen and I respond to what I've listened to, to show that I've listened, then I actually get listened to more as well. And that is a big thing. When, when we communicate, a lot of it seems to be one-sided. So that, that would be a big thing which I would say is just actually communicate with people, speak to people, ask people. How many times have you actually said to someone, hey, how's it going? And they've just been like, yeah, okay. I'm okay. How are you today? I'm okay. But what if they actually just then spilled off a load of their problems because you'd said, how are you? No no one seems to be ready for that to happen Uh, because we don't always, 90% of the time, we don't ask with meaning of actually caring about that person. Yeah. 
and um, i've noticed that as well it's kind of something sorry to like jump in here um it's one of the things i've noticed and by the way for the single men out there that were wondering how do you get women to talk to you at like a starbucks or whatever literally very very honestly ask them how they are i mean even anywhere really like that's so just a complete side story here is when i used to write for the dating world and stuff like that i used to get asked all the time what's your best pickup line i'm like honestly it was walk up to a woman smile genuinely and be like how are you today how's your day going and whatever the said respond to it had a terrible day today okay tell me why what's going on let's see if we can work through this or let's have a laugh about it or you know sometimes you get you sometimes get that false response so it's like ah, i'm okay yeah it's the, i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to burden you with it but like i really wish i could talk to someone about it yeah the response by the way just for anyone that's wondering what would be the best possible response to someone saying that to you especially if they're in a retail environment and this is a freebie by the way um i always joke about saying okay so how many people have you wanted to kill today and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, you work in retail. I've worked in retail. I know you always want to murder someone. How many people you wanted to kill so, so far today? And they're like, honestly, I was like, yeah, they're like five. I'm like, really? Just five? Oh my God, that's brilliant. And they're like, we'll see at the end of the day. So it's just, you know, it always gives someone a thing to laugh about, but it is that genuine feeling of asking how someone is. Yeah, and I think as well, how many times have we been asked how we are and we just said, yeah, I'm all good, but you're not. And it, it's there's not seeming to be the time for people to actually answer that question honestly. And I, I feel that people need to be able to do that more and feel safe doing it rather than getting shut down and everything. And I, I used to do this a lot when I used to ask my wife, how was your day? And she'd go into certain things. I go straight into coach mode. You need to do this. It's because of this, because of that. And some people just want to be listened to. Yeah. And, and not, not to go to that Chris Rock thing when it's like, uh, uh, how was your day is a 45 minute conversation for a woman it's like uh, they walk in the door it's like uh-huh 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 i told you that bitch crazy it's like yeah. it's shit work that every single woman hates <laughs> it's okay. like yeah i gotta, I gotta rewatch that entire bit just because oh, it was so brilliant i i watched that so many times i think i've still got the dvd somewhere but yeah that, that stand-up is absolutely amazing but it is simply like listening listen and actually respond to what they've said a lot of people don't do that. And that, that is something which can be a big exercise to practice. And then when people actually say things, I say a lot of times on my lives that, look, if I can help you, message me. Let's get on a call. Let's chat. I'm not going to put any pushy sales because if I can't help you, I will not offer to help you because of the fact I need to know a little bit more about you. I've taken on clients before that aren't the right fit. And it ends up being that they can't commit to the work that I want them to do. And coaching may not be right for them yet. But I'm not going to say that I can help someone unless I honestly know, which 90% of the time it is the case, that I can help them. But people automatically think, oh, he's just pushy sales. And in this industry to help someone, it actually makes my day better if I know that someone has benefited from the knowledge that I've got. And if they sign up, bonus. If they don't, it's still a bonus because I've helped someone and it's to them. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's me being selfish. If I say, let me help you, let me help you because I want to feel cool that I've helped someone. So message me. And that goes with anyone listening to this as well. If you resonate with any of the stuff that just drop me a message. Now, the other thing when it comes to exercise is that it doesn't always have to be in a gym. I've done things where 
I've done Facebook lives where I've just called it Fit Five. Uh, and it's five exercises for five minutes. You do 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off, five minutes, and you're done. And that just kind of energizes. Where it'll be things like push-ups, burpees, um, mountain climbers, holding a plank, sit-ups or crunches. These simple things where you just get your heart rate up, you get the blood flowing, and you get energized. But the easiest thing that anyone can do to start is blocking off a time in your calendar and going for a walk with Audible or something. Get a book you're interested in. Don't Not a business book. Maybe not even a mindset book. There's things that I'm loving at the moment that's just anything to do with Everest or like Ant Middleton's book is right next to me. Jason Fox's book, Battle Scars, like army books. And okay, sell it like Sir Hans, a bit of a business one, but I just, Ryan Serhan, I'm going to work with him within three years. So uh, he doesn't know it yet, but it's going to happen. But Ryan, uh, listen to this, you've been warned. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. You're posting those 5 a.m. gym sessions, but I've got your back covered when you're traveling and it's going to happen. But yeah, like things that you actually are interested in. Bear Grylls, uh, with me, it's going to be things because my goal, when I'm 47, on my 47th birthday, I'm going to be climbing Everest. That's going to happen. And all the things I'm doing at the moment are going to push towards that. When it comes to building my endurance up, when it comes to doing endurance feats over the next few years, it's going to happen. But going for a walk, 30 minutes, just to get into the habit of moving, it doesn't have to be strenuous. I'm not saying go for a run and you don't even have to go on a treadmill. Just go for a walk around the block, even if it means 15 minutes at first. Do it so you get into the habit. As I said about with Rick, his accountability was key and I'm pretty damn good. In fact, I'm one of the best in the world at getting people accountable at doing what they need to do to get where they say they want to go. And if they actually do want to go there, they'll get there. And with Rick, it was wanting to get fat loss. Now, he said that he wanted to give his wife what she married for their 10th anniversary. And he pretty much did that by dropping all that weight. And he started out by saying he hasn't got time to do it. We scheduled at the time, 10 minutes in the morning, sent me a WhatsApp to say, Ollie, I'm on the treadmill, as I've said. And that helped him push forward into being able to do 40, 50, 60 minute sessions in the gym. But he had to start with those 10 minute sessions to build that habit up. It really is against like when you start off, you start off slow and that's how you build momentum. Yeah, I, I was working with a coach, Adam Abansky, a business coach last year. It was actually Ron who introduced me to him. And he used to say, uh, we have to get the train to leave the station. And it is so true that once you start that train leaving the station, how does it happen? It starts off slow and then it builds momentum. Unless you're on the Greater Anglia train and it just never builds momentum. It just goes along at 10 miles an hour, which is just so annoying. <laughs> yeah, you've been on there. I've been on there a couple of times. I know what it's like. Yeah. So just coming up to like the conclusion of the show, I really want to ask just this one question more than anything. If there was like any advice that you can give to anyone listening right now, based on like the year that you had on confidence, on health, and everything else like that, what three pieces of advice would you give them, almost directly to like do this today to get to feel better, or do this day to start building a habit rather? I think when it comes to confidence. We need to look back on where we've been. And I didn't used to do enough of it because there would be points where I didn't believe how good I actually am. And there would also be people around me. There was at one point, there was people around me that 
used to tell me you need to be more confident. You need to be more confident. You need to be more confident. You're good. But as soon as I started being more confident, it got told that I was being arrogant, which there is a difference because you can still be humble. And yes, I've got a best-selling book. It went number one. Cool. That's great. But, oh, someone's uh, beeping outside. Uh, yeah, I've got a best-selling book. That's great. But I appreciate it. That took 10 years. Well, it took 32 years to write, essentially. Uh, it isn't going to be arrogant saying it. And people are worried about being arrogant. Now, look back on where you've come. Appreciate the journey. Appreciate how far you are going to go, but appreciate how far you have come. And see, like, if, if there's financial things that, that are going on, look at what you were potentially earning two years ago. I look at four, four and a bit years ago when I was still working in insurance and you're taking home a salary and it's a quarter of what you're earning. And you think, wow, yeah, I have come a lot further, but look at other things as well. Now I get to actually have a lot more freedom of my time. I don't have to clock in at nine and leave at five. Just look at the journey you've been on and also the people that you've helped. Because when I have my coaching calls and people speak to me and say, I really, really needed this today. When I went to Baby Bathwater and there are people there that are earning hundreds of million dollars in their business saying that, wow, you are absolutely amazing at what you do then appreciate that that that's pretty big when it comes to how do we get the confidence up more than anything i've, I've not really answered the question in, in exactly the way but that that is a big thing just appreciate where you've come yeah i mean it's definitely that big thing um, yeah it's a huge, it's a huge fucking thing that people don't really understand. And I definitely want to just jump back on that. It's like yep. about uh, confidence for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you guys like a real quick tip on how to get confident. And Ollie said it absolutely amazingly. It's like, look back at your numbers, look at the people that you've helped. Because when you said that, my fucking brain just <laughs> went to a place. And by the way, I also got an email, which I'll talk to Ollie about off there as well. Cause it's fucking awesome. Um, but this confidence thing will kill, if you don't get it right, it will kill your numbers and your figures. And one of the best ways to create real confidence, and Tony Robbins says it like crazy, and I thought it was bullshit because I have hypermobility in most of my joints. And Ollie knows this because he's actually seen me walk and he's seen my back. And he can tell you I have one of those really weird problems where I, if I stand up straight, and this is the craziest thing, if I stand up straight, my chest jolts forward and it looks like I'm like head up, chest out, that kind of thing. Where in reality, I'm just like, I'm trying to stop my back from caving in and causing me like pain in like 10 years time. But it looks really, really fucking weird. But in that same position where my body's straight, my head's on straight, and I'm just standing in my power, there is nothing on this earth that could fuck with me in that moment. And yeah. If you, and if you really want to like kind of go, okay, but what about the physiological shift and the mindset and blah, 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 blah. Well, listen here, motherfucker. Here's the easiest way that you do it. Go, go for that walk when you're on there. And... Yeah, listen to fiction. Listen to whatever it is that you want to listen to. One of the things that I listen to right now that I'm going through is my friend Matt Fury, who's also a friend of the show. Uh, he has a book called 101 Ways to Monetize, uh, to Magnetize Money or, yeah, Mag Magnetize Money to You. It's a brilliant uh, audiobook. It's a brilliant book. I'm listening to that as I'm walking with my chest up, my confidence and everything, or even if I'm listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson's podcast or his book or whatever it is, or even Ollie's show. I love doing stuff like that as one walking. I'm listening to this shit 
I've got it going on. And in my head, I'm like, yes, I have this. Even when I was feeling shit, I did this. That's what shifted it around for me today. Was I went for a walk, came back and went, I need to hydrate my body. I need to go back to my self-care ritual. And I need to find a way to lower this anxiety. And just by doing those three things, drinking more water, going for a walk and standing in my confidence for a moment, shifted everything. It's oh, it's, oh, and that body language works for you as well. I'm a massive fan of suits. And I've got a Harvey Specter. I've got like two different pictures of Harvey Specters. And it's just, uh, it's going to happen because I'm going to make it happen. And having that confidence, when you see Harvey walk, it's just power. He just sees where he's going and he walks there. It's not taking his eye off the goal just to actually get there. And even when he's knocked down, he soon gets his confidence back up. He's like, nah, I've got myself into this situation. I fucked up, but I can get myself out of it. And when it comes to that, how do we get somewhere? The the biggest quote that he actually done that I resonate with, and it is my desktop wallpaper, is that ever loved someone so much you would do anything for them? Yes. Well, make that someone yourself and do whatever the hell you want. It is true. Love yourself more than you love anyone else. That's not being arrogant or anything like that. That is being able to put the best you out there for the universe to be able to benefit from. Yeah, that's the shit that you got to real. That's the shit you got to run with. And by the way, just as a side note, I fucking love Harvey. You should. I I love Donna though. I have a thing for Donna. That's a whole different situation, different show to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Ollie, thank you for being here, my friend. Guys, go check out revitalizationblueprint.com. Hit up Ollie. He's a really approachable guy. You know, he looks a little scary at times, but he's fucking hilarious, you heard. And just a sweetheart overall. And again, someone that I, I don't use him enough in my personal life, and he knows this, and he's probably going to kick the shit out of me for it. But Well, no, you do jujitsu. I just pick things up and put them down, so you'll kick the shit out of me. He says that, but the thing is, the moment I get him in a position, he'll just stand up and like, you know, like bench, or was it a uh, barbell cow? And you'd be like, fuck off. I'm <laughs> trying to break my arm. Like, shit, stop. I can't do anything. But anyway, guys, uh, have a great day wherever you are. And listen, tune into some of the other episodes. Listen to the first episode that Ollie and I did. We went to some books that really changed both of our lives. We didn't do this this time because uh, we've already done that. But we went into wrestling more importantly. Oh, yeah. Hells yes. And again, how wrestling gimmicks could work online. And that's, uh, by the way, that's the other reason why Ollie's coming back on later this year. Uh, in 2019 because we're going to be going down through marketing and wrestling gimmicks because we have um we've got an event coming up in january 2019 by the time the show comes out should already happened and we'll report back on that but we're going to be telling you how wrestling gimmicks actually work in your marketing as well ollie it's been a pleasure my friend uh guys check him out and hit him up take care and see you on the next episode